please welcome back. Ready to uh, start episode six here, and we're pretty excited to tell you guys all about the adventures we've been on recently. How about you, Matt? Episode six already? Whoa, that's a lot. Yeah. Seems like a lot. It's not a lot. <laughs> so we traveled through the South um, because we had actually a marriage getaway through Awaken Church that was in Palm Springs. Yes. It was amazing. Didn't start out so good. Well, so <laughs> so our owner of the trucking company, he uh, worked it out. So our route went down to Yuma, Arizona. We did a drop and then we drove to Thousand Palms and parked the truck at Flying J. Which is r- literally across the interstate from Palm Springs. So it's like really close. Yeah. But as we were getting up there, I had rented a car from the airport because, I don't know, we wanted to be able to have access to the city. And and then on Sunday, we wanted to drive to one of the awakened churches and attend church service. Um, so I made the comment. I said, we had been sitting in the truck and usually we'll get out and walk or do some sort of exercise or something. Yes, but we'll do like three or four mile walks. Yeah, but I mean, we go through the mountains and do well, all kinds and, of gnarly hikes and well, stuff. Well, yeah, in Utah, we would hike like so seven I, plus miles so in the I, mountains. So I made the comment. I said, so when we parked the truck, because we were parking at the at a, the truck stop while we were staying there, I said, do you want to Uber to the airport or do you want to get some exercise and walk there? And of course, I get excited because I love to exercise. So I'm like, yeah, let's walk. And Matt's like, do and you I, realize? And I, I said, it's only seven miles. And I was like, oh, okay. But. So we were jazzed about. We didn't take in consideration the dry heat. It's so different in the desert than it is anywhere else. Well, it's not even that it's the dry heat. <laughs> like, what, what was the temperature? It was like 112. Yes, it was like abnormally hot, the locals had said. So you get out and you kind of like. You do the thing where you kind of breathe in and nothing happens. So you kind of breathe bigger and until you get some oxygen, I guess. Yeah. Um, so we start walking and it was okay at first. And then. And on the Google map, I had it perfectly because I had the rental car set up for 4 p.m. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. We're going to get there right when we need to. Yeah. But just start getting the chills and start feeling super dizzy as in the heat and Matt's like it went, suck it up wussy it, it went down really it went downhill really fast I think we were at uh, I think we were at just over a mile and a half yeah probably and you're like oh man I need to sit in the shade for a little bit yeah. I'm like are you kidding me we have like so every tree that had an ounce of shade we had to stop and sit. In the we shade. have five and a half miles to go. We don't have time to sit in the shade. Yeah, Matt was trying to tell me to suck it up. And then, of course, every entrance to every resort along the way well, has just the housing developments and stuff. Well, the, and yeah, and they have the fountains on they each have fountains. side. And it's like, I, <laughs> it is really hard to embarrass me 
and we're in Palm Springs. <laughs> we know no one. But when your wife is jumping into the fountains <laughs> as cars are going by, I was like, are you kidding me right now? I was soaking my wrist in the water. You know, I, I know that that's supposed to bring your body temperature down when you when you put water on your wrist. So, so. Then, so then we get to mile two and there's like a golf course in one of the housing developments. And there was a sprinkler on the golf course and the head was busted off. So the water was spraying through the fence and she's over there lapping it up like a dog. <laughs> I had my hands cupped together, catching every bit of rain. And I'm going, thank you, Jesus, for this water. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so this is the desert. And I find the biggest piece of vegetation I can find to hide behind. Because I'm like, oh, man, this is awful. So then she's like, all right, I'm good. I got, I got water. Because, of course, we didn't bring water. We're Babe, not that smart. That's my job to embarrass you. It's tough. Like, it's tough. Like, I don't get embarrassed, really. Usually, I'm the one doing the stupid stuff. But so then we make it about another half mile. And she's like, oh, I I'm getting the chills again. Like, this is not good. And there was like a RV resort. So I'm like, let's just go in there. Like, we'll pretend we're getting information or something. And they got to have water. We'll say, hey, we'd like to sit down and talk to you. Can we have some water? Of course, when we go through the door, that changed in a second because we like, we can't lie. We're not going to lie. So better yet, we'll just tell the truth. We're idiots and we're trying to walk seven miles to the airport. Super nice people. They, they had a, like a water fountain that we got drinks out of. But then one of the women came out, gave us two big bottles of water. Yeah, they were angels. Yeah. yeah. So then we're set because we're like halfway at that point. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. I think we made it two more blocks. We got to the 7-Eleven. We Ubered. We Ubered the we rest Ubered of the way. We Ubered the rest of the way. Yeah. We gave up. Yeah. It's too hot in Palm Springs. Yeah, the idea of getting the exercise was fantastic until the heat hit us. Yeah. But... That kind of set the pace for Jess the whole entire time. Like, I think the heat bothered me the rest of the time we were there. But the marriage getaway was incredible. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, we got to see a lot of our friends, but they had, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. It was like a conference, basically. So they had this big uh, conference center. We had 500 couples. Yes. Something like that. So yes. like thousand people at this thing. In, During Pride Month. In two hotels. Yeah. So there was a lot of good stuff going on in terms of how to improve your marriage. So a little bit of partying, a little bit of uh, worship and and a message about, you know, yeah. just how to. Like pool partying. We had fun. It was good. Yeah. Pool party. Yeah. Good stuff. It was good. Yeah, definitely. I would recommend if anyone is looking to you know, just have fun with their spouse and do a little getaway and then, you know, also sharpen your marriage through God, do Awakens Getaway next year for 2023 for sure. You better hurry up though, because they booked the entire hotel next door to where we were. It's a Hyatt. And I think it's like, what, 500 and 520 20 something rooms or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
So the whole the whole hotel is ours next year. And after this one, just how much it's grown since they started doing this, I would imagine that's going to go pretty fast. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're interested, you can go to the Waken website. Um, you can contact us on our email, Matt and Jess at on the radicalroad.com and we can send you some information but yes so it was good we had a lot of marriage got us thinking about some things though right we're in the middle of pride month we're in palm springs we're talking about marriages yeah and as people of christ who follow the bible that means a man and a woman which yeah. Immediately when you start talking about this outside the four walls of the church, everybody starts getting jumpy immediately. And I don't know, we just feel compelled to just give where what we think, what we believe, where we're coming from, and just our view on... On people being indoctrinated, pretty much, yes. these days. You know, because it's a hot topic. I mean, the gay couple thing... I call it a thing. I, I don't know. I don't even know what to label it. But, you know, that's been a conversation for years now. And now, but now, for some reason, in this year, the whole transgender thing has become a really hot topic. And now we're diving into the stuff into schools. So we just wanted to get into that for a minute and just kind of talk about our view, our thoughts. Yeah, just bring some truth. We feel really compelled if you've listened to other episodes that, you know, that's what God's calling Matt and I to do is to bring truth. And going back to Matt's comment, you know, it says in Genesis 2.24, that's why a man will leave his own father and mother. He marries a woman, not a man. He marries a woman and the two of them become like one person. Yes. So that's our view of a marriage. It's between a man and a woman. Yeah. There's a lot of scripture to back that. But, I, you know, when we we started looking at this subject, I'm just like, we're, we're just constantly getting grilled by this. Um, there's a whole month of, you know, corporations, you know, pandering, what I call pandering, to a group of people. And now it's to the point where this stuff is getting talked to not in high school, not just in high school, not just in middle school, but now we're in elementary level and, we're in e and even, yeah, in some cases preschool. And I'm just like, well, we get pounded by this all the time. Why can't we talk about it? And it's being pushed um, corporately, like it's being sent in corporate emails, hospital emails to the employees. Yes. It's being pushed and, um, you know, you see flags everywhere. Well, to us, flags mean God's promise. And so we feel like that's been hijacked, but the, that's what we were talking about. The rainbow flag. Yeah, the rainbow to. flag. And, you know, I guess that's what Matt and I were discussing when we were talking about this episode is that, you know, the gays feel indoctrinated by religion, right? If you flip it, they have felt indoctrinated. Well, in the past, I, I don't know if it's a case of they feel indoctrinated. That's um, what they will claim because they're not. 
a lot, most of them aren't going to church. So I don't know how you would get indoctrinated, but you know, they feel offended that the church is not accepting their, their lifestyle. And let's be clear. We love everyone. We're called as Christians right. to love people. That's the first and most important commandment is to love people. Yes. So we love people, but we do not have to accept and love the sin. No, we don't. But I want to just go back for a second because you mentioned the flag. Because I found it interesting when I started thinking about this for five seconds. You know, you mentioned the flag. It's a rainbow and how that's a symbol originally. That was a Christian symbol of God's promise. Um, so I find it interesting that they chose that symbol and put it on a flag and then the other thing is they refer to it as the pride flag and pride month. And I'm like, okay, I understand what you're saying, but I find it somewhat interesting that you chose a name for your whole, whatever you call it, mission, that it's one of the seven deadly sins, which if I should, if, I, if I'm just being completely clear there, you know, the seven deadly sins, that's a whole different discussion because they're not actually mentioned in the Bible. That was something that was created um, to kind of tap into the things God didn't like and the things that God wanted for people. There was this whole kind of creation of the seven deadly sins. It was like, if you're going to do not do something, don't do these things. And they've kind of, you know, gotten... They attached onto some of the church denominations, but well, it does speak of deadly sin in first John five sixteen and seventeen yes. it says, Suppose you see one of our people commit a sin that isn't a deadly sin. You can pray and this person will be given eternal life. But the sin must not be one that is deadly. Everything that is wrong is sin, but not all sins are deadly. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that real quick because as you know, I like to ask questions. Yes. That, that's probably one of the best things I do. <laughs> I know. I love it. You don't love it? Yeah. You get you challenge me. You get annoyed with me when I, I, when I ask so many questions. But, but you, you do challenge me. But, you know, I ask questions because, number one, I just like to learn. Well, you are a wise soul. But the other thing is, like, I'm just, like, I'm trying to understand, but I'm in asking questions... I'm trying to get people to think about things. So I start, we start looking at this topic, all these questions just come to my head. And so, and I want to ask a lot of them because, you know, like I said, now it's the point where you're putting this in front of kids at very impressionable ages. And I don't know if that's okay. No, to the point where they're actually, there's an article it's called How to Stop Children Being Indoctrinated, and it talks about woke textbooks um, and how in schools, they're actually removing all the old textbooks like Little House on the Prairie because they're afraid kids are going to be indoctrinated to be bigots, right? So all the old school books that we used to read, they're being removed. Now, they're replacing them with woke textbooks, very progressive but what is, what is behind this push, this push in schools 
this push through a month of celebration, whatever, this push to put transgender athletes into women's sports or men's sports, whichever. Why is there this push, such a hard push to get acceptance for this? Because I just think about it in reverse and I go, well, I'm a Christian and all we need is acceptance by God. I'm not ho- <laughs> I'm not hollering from the rafters to try right. to get acceptance from anybody. No, we don't need that. So to me, that sends up a red flag. Why do you need to shout from the rafters and push so hard to get acceptance? What is that about? I'm not going to answer that question. I mean, I can speculate. But I don't like to speculate either. I don't know. I mean, and you're asking someone that is not in that realm. But I will say, you know, going back to what I was talking about with these books, you know, they're replacing them with these woke books. And so we we each need to take responsibility for what our children are being presented with in their school systems and we need to fight for these kids because they're reading books in this article explains there's books that are titled feminist baby by Lorraine Brantz, anti-racist baby by Ibram X. Kendi and the little girl who gave zero fucks by Amy Keene. So these are the books that are replacing little house on the prairie. So our kids are being indoctrinated with this, woke stuff or who are you the kids guide to gender identity so somehow little house on the prairie which that was on tv when i was a kid it didn't fill me full of hate no i never heard anybody offended by it it's freaking laughable to me but we're going to replace it with this garbage well and they say that kids actually their brains are soaking in and learning the most from age up to age six. But honestly, kids are, their brains are very malleable and they're, they're like plastic. They're, they're, they're learning so much and they're being shaped, you know, when they're children. And that's why I think the children are our targets right now because they're trying to brainwash and indoctrinate our children. Well, that is completely obvious. And unfortunately we're just letting, we're just kind of letting this happen in a lot of places. It's kind of creeped in secretly and more and more of this stuff is popping up and, and don't, I should be clear. There's a lot of people pushing back. Unfortunately, it's a lot of mothers. You start looking at stories across the country about this stuff and there's fathers missing from this everywhere, which brings up a whole different point. And we need both parents yes. standing up for their children. And, and that's really the point is like, yeah. you know, school is for teaching skills, math, science, geography, physics, whatever. It's for teaching skills, skills that people can actually use to get a job instead of coming out of high school, college. These kids don't have any skills anymore. Like, what do you do with them? Oh, well, I know what gender I am. No one cares. You right, know? Right. Schools need to be teaching skills. As far as who you are as a human and the 
the morals and values and who these children should be as people should be a family taught thing. Right. That's where it starts. Well, and what's interesting to me too in this is that, you know, if we don't accept the sin, they automatically say, well, you don't love us. You don't love people. You don't know how to love. What is your definition of love? Right. That's what it boils down to. What is the actual definition of love? Because I think about the definition of love as far as God's love for us in the Bible. He he loved us so much, but he died for our sins. He wanted to remove that sin. Right. Yep. So but he didn't just have a soft love. He had a firm love and an honest love. And I love you so much. I don't want to leave you in this place. Right. This isn't natural. I don't want to leave you in this place. Well, I mean, people look at it and they think it's tough because, you know, oh, it's two people loving each other, you know, and they're not, they're not hurting anybody. And that's and that's somewhat true. You know, it, it depends on your definition and what you're believing in. Okay. But I but I kind of somewhat compare it to like, say you have a relative that's a drug addict. You don't sit there and go, hey, Go ahead and keep doing drugs because we accept you as who you are as a druggie. Like no one in their right mind would do that. But over time, this has become accepted. I really want to read because people are like, you know, so where is this in the Bible? Like, where's this in scripture in the Bible? And our jobs as people, again, are to love, not to judge, because there's only one that will judge in the end. And it's definitely not the people on this earth. It's God. But I want to read this. Um, So it's Romans 1, 24 through 30. And it says, so God let these people go their own way. They did what they wanted to do. And their filthy thoughts made them do shameful things with their bodies. They gave up the truth about God for a lie. And they worshiped God's creation instead of God, who will be praised forever. Amen. 26. God let them follow their own evil desires. Women no longer wanted to have sex in a natural way, and they did things with each other that were not natural. 27. Men behaved in the same way. They stopped wanting to have sex with women, and they had strong desires for sex with other men. They did shameful things with each other, and what has happened to them is punishment for their foolish deeds. 28. Since these people refused even to think about God He let their useless minds rule over them. That's why they do all sorts of indecent things. They are evil, wicked, and greedy, as well as mean in every possible way. They want what others have, and they murder, argue, cheat, and are hard to get along with. They gossip, say cruel things about others, and hate God. They are proud, conceited, and boastful, always thinking up new ways to do evil. These people do not respect their parents. So these are not my words. This is the Bible. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of scripture to back up what we're saying. Yes, there is. And the thing is, is so many people have lost the boldness to align biblically, align with truth, because we are pandering. Like Matt had said, we've learned to be indoctrinated. We've learned to pander to these people. And hey, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not either. Well, I love them as a person. Yes, you, you absolutely. Can, you can fly as many flags as you want. You can have as many months as you want. You can have parades downtown. Hear me loud and clear. 
You are not going to change what I believe. You're not. And you can call me whatever you want. And you can throw hate at me all you want. I'm not going to do it back to you. That's not what I'm trying to do. No. But I just... But you if, cannot force people's views onto people on, on other people. And more importantly, you can't do it to the kids. No. Because what if you're wrong? Right. What if you're wrong? You know, I believe in God and I believe the Bible. And if for some reason at the end I'm wrong, nothing happens. But if the gay community, transgenders, whatever, if they're wrong... They spend eternity in hell. Right. Yeah. That's powerful. And I'm not spewing hate. No. That, that's not what I'm here to do. If two men want to be with each other or two women want to be each other, have at it. But this is the problem, right? Because you're speaking truth. The world thinks it's hate. Right. That's the problem. I care about people. I don't want this for their life because, you know, God puts purpose on us and and sends us in a direction. And according to the Bible, this is not what God has for the gay community, transgender people, whatever, the alphabet mafia. That's not what he has for them. He has something better for them. Right. Yes. And so there's healing. Yes. There's healing. And, you know, there's restoration. But, I'm not hating on you. I'm not forcing what I believe on anybody. I'm not the savior. No. I want people to accept Christ freely. That's the only way you can do it anyway. It can't be shoved down your throat. No, absolutely not. That's not what I'm trying to do. No. I'm trying to, peop- I'm trying to show people that there's a different way and this is what I believe in, but I'm not forcing it on anybody. I'll teach my own kids but I'm not even forcing it on them. Right. Like this is individual's own walk. But here we have the other side of the coin. You have to believe what we believe or you're a hateful person. Well, you're not accepting what I believe. Right. As I was researching this, I found this very interesting because, you know, some people are coming up with, well, every sin is equal. So I want to read Matthew 12, 31. Therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people. But the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. So I did a little digging into that. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is conscious and hardened opposition to the truth. Because the spirit is truth. So, and the word, the Bible is truth, right? So there is a difference, right? It's the intent of sitting in that sin and opposing the truth and making a conscious intent in it. It's very clear. And I also was reading another article about Yeonmi Park. She is a defector from North Korea. And she moved here to, to have a better life, to start a, a better life. Right. And she has noticed, she has pointed out and noticed that there's this left-wing indoctrination much like that of a dictator's handbook, in her words. And so she said, this is exactly what Adolf Hitler did to the youth. She's noticing what 
what people are doing, the adults are doing to these kids. Again, going back, this is another article of someone from a different country that is noticing what they're doing to these kids, these innocent kids' brains, and how they're trying to grab on and seize power by starting and indoctrinating and brainwashing our kids at a young, young age. So she's seeing the same patterns that she saw in North Korea. Right. Well, I mean, ultimately, that's what this is about. It's about control. And we need to put a stop to it. And it's not just, this is just one thing, you know. Ultimately, it's about taking kids and confusing them. Right. So that you can, so that you can institute control over a generation. Yeah, this I is mean, just one strong topic. When, it, when right. it comes down to it, that's what it's really about. Right. Um, you can call me a conspiracy theorist all you want, but there's, this is documented in history. Right. I mean, this is the go-to book to how to gain control of a society. Right. You know, there's, there's all these levels of things that you do, but man, the kids are a very important piece. And it's kind of all started with the, the breaking up of the traditional family, right? I don't know. We're talking about this and there's, there's a lot of questions here and there's a lot of comments and it's like, well, what do you do about this? Like, where do you go from here? Right. And ultimately, and this isn't just a singular problem. You know, you look at these shootings that are going on and, you know, other, other problems that are going on. All, you know, inner city shootings, poverty, all this stuff. Homelessness. It all leads back to broken families. The yeah. family unit just gets destroyed at every turn. It's true. There's like an active pursuit to destroy that. And that's what I loved about the marriage getaway. Um, Keith and Sheila Craft of Elevate Life Church, they were there presenting. And what a powerful couple. But they were saying how, you know, it was very important for them to have a, a solid foundation for their kids. They have five kids. And how they built four core values right from the very beginning. Right. Right. It was honor, positivity, generosity. And do you remember the other one? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, but it was really powerful because it, it shows you... It was such a healthy way to raise your children. And they just really, they were grounded in their faith. And now all five kids are married and they have now instilled the core values into their home too. But simply put, I mean, they're just winning at life, right? Yeah. You know, ultimately that's what you want for kids, for the next generations. You want them to grow up someplace where they're winning at life. And, you know, I, I don't see that happening. There's, there's just piles of history about and studies about the family unit. And when you break that, the things that happen and we need to get back to that. So I don't know. I don't want to rabbit trail here too much. Cause yeah, please don't. You know, we're trying to stay on point, but we also need to put in some time and discuss 
like where you go from here, right? Right. Let's do that. And, you know, it's about restoring the family unit. Like, how do you go about doing that? Because you do that. There's, I mean, there's just piles of history. There is no history that says if two men get married, they're going to succeed at life. Like it doesn't. No. There's nothing there. No. There's nothing that says if you have 82 genders or whatever the heck it is now that, oh, there's going to be this great society around it. Because I don't know about everybody else, but when I look around, I just see chaos all over the place. So you're going to tell me this is a good thing? So what do you say for these families out here to restore maybe some brokenness? Um, and I like it's how do we get it, it, get it's back a, to where we need to be? It's a tough thing, but you know, it all comes down to accountability, you know. And the the problem is, is when people try to hold other people accountable. Now you have this whole swarm of the woke mob that basically is trying to cancel you. What I'm saying is, in individual families, like you know, I think it's important that. We take ownership as husbands and wives, as fathers and mothers, and we say, this is what I can be better at. Yeah, but that's that's the problem, though, is, you know, the mothers and fathers that are together and and keeping the family unit are the ones that are succeeding. You know? Yeah. The ones where fathers are non-existent, they're the highest rate of poverty. It's like a stepping stone to a generations of poverty. So yes, but know, there's also single mothers that are doing phenomenal jobs. Well, absolutely, absolutely, there is by themselves. But you have to you have to have somebody there to instill what a man is, and yeah. a woman, a single mother, can try her best to create that for their sons, but it's nothing. Like a man being there. Yeah, the role of the father in the house is so strong. And I think sure. that's part of the reason why when I look at young men right now, they're soft. They're extremely soft. You say something to them and they about start to cry. Yeah. Over the littlest stupid things. And I think that's part of it because a mother is more nurturing. They're more tender. A man is more... You need to stand up. Right. You know, we need to create warriors. But uh, we do, yeah. But that's what where where my point comes from is like there needs to be a certain level of accountability. This whole thing of you know, oh, you can just go around screw whoever you want, and if a kid pops out, you don't have to worry about it. That's illogical to me. And unfortunately, this is what's happening. Like you have babies pop up all over the place and where's the person that helped create that right and now if you look at it from the left this is why they want abortion right yeah because you have they're looking at it as not trust me this is not about woman's health this is about we have people who are just popping babies everywhere and then they grow up and they're in the and you know they're in the system they're 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 in poverty they're they're doing crimes 
like this is what you create from this yeah so what what do you do you just open the door to abortion kill the kill babies well, it's not the basically. baby's fault right no so don't tell me it's about women's health right that's not what it's about no. if you think that's what it's about you need to relook at that because my view on it's completely different all this needs to start somewhere and you know, it comes down to accountability. I just think it's important we, that the fathers take their role back, right? That they stand up for their families and they're bold for their families. Even if there is a married um, couple that have a family and maybe the, the dad is silent. Like he's not really saying a whole lot. He's not, you know, really fulfilling his role. He's working. He's providing, you know, financially but yeah. he's not in some cases not and but yet he's not even you know there he's not even yeah. existing i think as fathers we need our men today to step up for their families and to be bold and to be those strong male leaders especially if you can be in faith because we need warriors we need warriors of homes lions of homes to just be great examples for the children and, and wives as the helpers, right? Yeah. Like you can have strong, independent women as wives that have, maybe they're even entrepreneurs, but they're still called to be the helpers and we can do this together. And here's the thing too, just to, just to make it very clear that we're not perfect people. We don't, we have answers based on history off of reading things after you know, seeing what's happened in our own lives, we're both divorced. Yeah. We're both divorced. We both had children out of wedlock. And I wish some people would have spoke some things into my life before I got to that point, number one. Right. But we both got kind of lucky, really, because my ex got remarried to a man who was very involved in my kids' lives. So they had a father on both sides of the fence because I wasn't there all the time, obviously, but they had somebody else in their life that poured into them. Like I got, we, I got lucky when it it's comes not lucky, to lucky, babe. It's blessed. You got blessed. Well, call it what you want. Yeah. But I'm not perfect. No, neither one of us are, but I think that's why we can see it through this lens. Right. Yeah. So, and what we care about is the future. And we care about the next generations. And there was moments where we were both looking at our kids going, okay, are they going to go off the rails somewhere? Especially on my side, I was getting a little worried there about some moments in time where I'm just like, all right, we need to make sure. But there was two men in my son's life, in my daughter's life, that were actively pouring into them. You know, I've had conversations with them about this recently and, you know, they feel very fortunate, you know, to have the adults in their life that they have. And the problem is now is you've got too many single mothers trying to work and do all the aspects of the family life. And some of these kids, not all of them, are getting off the uh, getting off track. Right. I don't know. I probably rabbit trailed, didn't I? It's okay. Bit. It was good. A little bit. It was good. It's a tough subject, but you know, when it comes right down to it, people need to start getting involved in these things. We need to start as parents going to the school board meetings, start going to the city council meetings, 
we need to step up for our kids, for these next these next generations. Um, we need to put a stop to what is pouring into our kids, what's going into their minds. Um, we need to protect our kids more than we ever have had to do that. If there's anything outside normal curriculum, and when I say that, I'm saying skill-driven curriculum. I mean, we got kids that come out of school, and I thought this for the long, you know, when I came out of school, I'm like, how come they don't teach you anything about how to manage money or anything like that? Instead, let's teach them about, oh, what gender you want. Really? We need The curriculum needs to be skill-based. It's about getting kids prepared for life and jobs and things they will need to succeed in life. Well, and you have much more time to go to these meetings than you do to homeschool your children. So if you, as parents, if you build an army as parents and go to these meetings and fight for your children, then you can still continue to do your jobs and work and not worry about homeschooling. You know, our kids are so important to us and they are our future. Yeah. So. So I just want to wrap this up by saying, if this has ruffled your feathers in any way. That's a good thing. Because <laughs> I mean, we brought the truth. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing. Yeah. Don't throw your anger at me. I don't have time for that. Right. If you want to have a conversation, let's have a conversation. We have an email. And growth is uncomfortable. You know, if yeah. it's too deep of a conversation to have via email, I have no problem sitting down with people, talking with people. But the second it turns into anger and you want to start throwing darts at me because of what I believe in, even though you're demanding that I believe in what you believe in, the conversation ends. People need to start listening to each other. I'm willing to listen, even though I believe what I believe. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to have a conversation. Matt and Jess at ontheradicalroad.com is our email. If you have questions, comments, let them fly. All right. This is what we're doing. And we will actually uh, talk to you next time and see you on the road. All right. We'll see you on the road, guys. <laughs>